Hello and welcome back. It's uh, been another week, and I guess two two down and quite a few to go, but no, it's great to be back. Uh, let's see what's been going on uh, in virus news. Our governor, uh, he seems to be on a real kick right now to get students back in the classroom, which I don't disagree. Uh, some of our bigger districts in the state have been uh, virtual for a while. I know, I think he specifically mentioned Tulsa Public Schools has been out of in-person setting for over 300 days. And I think by the time they want to come back, it'll be like 370 days since a student has seen the inside of a classroom. Uh, he's really hinting at, if I'm if I'm thinking right, he's really hinting at like school choice stuff because he's talking about how it's unfair that um, a student just a f few blocks away is denied the opportunity to go to um, an in-person setting and that there have been studies out there that show that maybe schools aren't as uh, as big of a super spreader event as we thought they were. So that's interesting. I'm kind of curious how that's going to play out over the next few weeks. Also, the he and the Oklahoma Health Department announced some incentives or some new guidance and new ideas on um, encouraging districts to come back. One of them is you don't have to do so much quarantining if everyone's wearing a mask, which our governor's been big on, hey, local places, you decide. If the city wants to do a mask mandate, they can. If the school district wants to, they can. But we've not had a, a, a state one, which, again, I tend to agree with that. The more local the decision-making is usually the better in my mind. And even if it's not good, I feel like we have a better chance of changing it on a local level than like a state or a national level. So, um, but the idea is right now is if they're within six feet of someone who notifies the school that they tested positive, then you go home. Um, but I guess the Oklahoma Health Department made the, com the, the comment that if everyone's wearing masks, you don't have to automatically quarantine them. You just need to tell them you you were near someone, and if you show symptoms, you need to stay home. Which, again, maybe I'm just an epidemiological dummy, but that makes sense to me. If we're all wearing our mask and we're in my classroom, they're feet, oh, many feet away from each other, um, most of the class. So, no, that makes sense. If little Johnny notifies the school that they test positive and Timmy and Sally across the um, space from them. I mean, yeah, they're within the six feet, but everyone's wearing a mask, so you should be good. Like, that's the point of the mask, right? Yeah, but uh, our district and a few others kind of were like, we're not going to do that. We want to see, um, we want to see the written proposal before we continue and something about send an email out that they're going to continue to follow the science uh, and the revised CDC guidelines, which I tried to follow their link and it didn't. It was just like a district-made flow chart. But also, it just felt weird. Like now we're in this phase where we're saying the health department, implying that the health department isn't following the science. I don't know. It's just weird times, like signaling back and forth that who's got the right, you know, I'm doing air quotes, who's got the right science.
So, but um, in terms of classroom, it was good. Had a lot of good conversations in my little mentorship class. We talked about finding the right balance between competition and cooperation. Uh, because sometimes, no, competition is good. It does spur people on, but it can be too far sometimes, you know, especially if it starts to alienate. Sometimes we do that with our school spirit um, activities. And and then some of the leadership roles I have in other clubs, I just encourage them to be aware of that because competition is fun. It does build school spirit in terms of competition with other schools probably, but maybe within the school, we got to be careful what we do, especially among the different like grade levels. It can be very alienating sometimes. I had a lot of good conversations in my economics class. Some of them are like, whoa, when it comes to like, cost-benefit analysis or the idea that every choice you made or have made, you wanted to do. Short version, because the alternative was less appealing. Um, that kind of blew their mind for a second because it's like the idea of you're at school because you wanted to be here. And like, well, no, no, I didn't. I was like, well, I didn't say you wanted to be here for an education, but you wanted to be here for uh, maybe socializing or um, just getting out of the house. Or you don't want to listen to the adults in your life complain that you didn't show up. Either way, you chose to be here. And every choice you make, it, that's what it comes down to. Uh, world history, we're working through our nationalism, soon to be imperialism, as we get closer to World War One. Um, but a lot of them are still coming to grips with this new A-B schedule. And it's it's interesting because they're not wrong in what they're noticing. And I guess it's an issue of they don't they haven't spent a lot of time exercising their voice. Yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to say. And and I and I need to be better at telling them, encouraging them to use their voice because they have one. And if if no one's no one else is going to speak up for them sometimes, especially now and when they get older. Uh, also, uh, the adults in the building and at home don't see it the same way they do. Um, despite you know we were in school, doesn't mean we experience school the same way our current students do. But in the real world, uh, like we like to throw at them, you're expected to speak up for yourself. You're expected to know what you want, to to identify issues may, you may be having, and then seek out a source to make it better or speak up to people that ha that are in that position to make it better to start doing something. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Students are so so trained not to trust their intuition or they're so trained that if someone you know quote unquote an authority figure says it then it must be true and that's not always the case so i'm i'm looking i'm looking for ways to encourage that with them that their intuition isn't off and that their voice is valued um and they need to practice using it. And and one class we talked about, they need to practice using it emotionless, which is hard even for a grown folk person like me. Because I think that's a trap they get into. 
they have good things to say. They have good intuition, but it's it's so swaddled in emotion that it's easy for the adults in the building or at home to just dismiss it. So I think that's my I think that's my goal this week. How do I help them find their voice or and use it to express themselves and what they're dealing with and what they'd like to see fixed? And I'd encourage the same for you. Like you have a voice, use it because when it comes down to it, no one else is going to speak up for you. And waiting around for someone to do that might be a while. And if you deal with teenagers through your day-to-day schedule or your job, man, do the same. And and once you think about it, you realize they don't. They default to adults so much. And adults are quick to want to just speak for them, do for them, that I feel like we're handicapping them for their um, interactions in the adult world. So it's all about the voice, I guess, which is just making me think of that that singing show. But still, I think that's what it, that's what I'm doing. That's my my focus. I'll let you know how well I do and <laughs> how well they do in, in practicing, but. You know, I'll give it my best effort. Well, as always, have a day.